What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because there's 400 of them. I was hoping that my 400th episode would be some mega hour-long super blast, but it's not, though. You know, it's over 30 minutes. There you go. Get some girth for my 400th episode, and I have some awesome friends joining me. I have Kevin from the Red Caps podcast, Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Carl Rodriguez, the GMologist presents, and BJ Boy, the Arcane Alienist. I got them all here. They're all here to join me. We're going to talk about... How to send anchor messages. We're going to talk about cyberpunk dragons, addictions in cyberpunk. And then we're going to talk character backstories. Because I got something to say. Jason and Kevin have something to say. Carl's got something to say. BJ's not talking about backstories. He's got better shit to do. (laughs) But, man, I made a pretty awesome beef stew tonight. I browned up four or five nice uh, beef short ribs, pulled them from the pan, sauteed a bunch of mushrooms in that same pan, browned those up, pulled those out, put the short ribs back in, and uh, friggin' braised them for like five hours in a Chianti beef stock Um sauce i guess you call it it's not really a sauce then i added potatoes and parsnips and peas carrots garlic (sighs) served it over some lightly buttered egg noodles get out of town get out of town with it is what i gotta say super good a wonderful way to celebrate my 400th episode (laughs) nice um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the show. This first message is from Jason, uh, responding to a message that Carl left when Carl was talking about cyberpunk in my last episode. Jason's responding to that. Now you might think Jason's coming pretty hard at Carl, or you might think that I'm coming pretty hard at Jason, but we all, we are all friends um and you know no harm no foul everybody's friends here so let's do it pedro i paused before um goblin henchman's story to say if carl's players don't want addiction in their game then maybe they don't want to play any version of cyberpunk because in both 2020 and in cyberpunk red especially like cyberpunk red like if you take a drug one time you're pretty much fated to be addicted to it so if they don't want addiction, I mean, obviously that's something they can house rule and, you know, play the easy button kitty version of cyberpunk. But if you're playing cyberpunk, you're, you're probably going to be addicted or at least somebody in the party, a couple people in the party going to end up addicted. So, you know, word to the wise there. Um, that, that's the world you're moving in. Anyhow, great show. Let me go listen to the Goblin's Henchman. So I got to say, as someone who has seen firsthand what addiction can do to a person, to a family, to friends. I don't think it makes a game kitty to not deal with that in your game, especially if somebody's been through that themselves. To just say, no, we're not going to have that part in the game, I don't think that makes the game a kitty version of the game. I think that's 
a good thing to do if someone at the table doesn't want to deal with that. It's really easy to just be like, nah, we're not going to deal with that. And that that's fine. I don't think it detracts from the game. It doesn't detract from the world. Um, yeah, it, it's just all about, you know. And I, I, I know you're just given a hard time there, Jason. I'm not trying to bust your balls or anything, but addiction is a nasty thing, man. And it can do nasty things to people. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, (laughs) I get that Carl. If you don't want, if you don't, I mean, Jason's right though. Addiction is a big thing in cyberpunk 2020 and in red. If you do drugs in the game, you're probably going to be addicted and they will, mess you up there's actually because jason and i were actually just talking about this um the other night you know like there's kind of no reason <laughs> no no mechanical reason at least to take drugs in the cyberpunk world at least in 2020 the drugs that they list aren't that good they don't do <laughs> that much for you for the for the downside of them you know um, so let that be a lesson to you kids. <laughs> Though I could, I could argue with that. Anyway, <laughs> we won't get into that. We will not get into that. Um, but yeah, man, I, yeah, dude, Carl, if you don't want, if you don't want addiction in your game, leave it out. No harm, no foul. Won't dilute anything. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, anyway, Jason's got something more to say about henchman's story that he read in my last episode so what's up with that dude hey joe jason so i finished the episode that was was a great story the goblin read that goblin's henchman did a great job reading it um yeah i mean there are rules to me i i reached out to you and gave you some stuff to put supernatural on cyberpunk 2020 but i don't know i mean i mean you could definitely do it i i think with cyberpunk 2020 dragons would have a harder time coming up against the military tech you know i mean you have tactical nukes you have you know a ton of stuff so it'd be definitely a tougher fight than it is in say um rain of fire with matthew mcconaughey right um so i don't i don't know it's it'd be interesting though get him port them in but I, I don't know how long they'd last but interesting idea anyhow great show you keep knocking these out of the park you're doing a great job and i will talk to you soon take care chumba Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. Uh, dude, Reign of Fire is awesome. I love that movie. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of silly. It's pretty bananas, but it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie. If you've never seen Reign of Fire, uh, post apocalyptic movie, but the apocalypse was dragons, <laughs> and that's pretty awesome. As for dragons and cyberpunk, dude, no, I wouldn't. I wasn't thinking about doing that for real. I was just thinking about. In general, like you talked about, um, you know, how long would dragons actually last? Not, not all that long. That's what I love about that. Um, what is it? Cthulhu punk. Is it riffs? It's either riffs or GURP has, I've mentioned it before, has a cyberpunk meets Cthulhu mythos setting and I think that would be amazing that would be super fun because then it changes the whole discussion around which you know is fine to do uh 
because yeah, you're you're. <laughs> that's just the coolest. Fighting mythos monsters with cyberpunk tech sounds absolutely amazing, dude. And the story of that would be epic. So let's let's talk a little bit about stories. Let's get into some backstory conversation. In my last episode, I brought up the point that a lot of what I refer to as older gamers, what I meant was folks who like the OSR tend to poo-poo backstories, especially one of their main arguments that they use is players always come with a backstory where my my character killed a dragon and I'm only first level and that just doesn't make sense in no way. Um, I talked about how it, it actually does <laughs> make a lot of sense because we've heard from Daniel Norton and from a bunch of the other OSR folks that it is possible to kill a dragon at first level. So therefore, it makes sense that you could have that in your backstory. And uh, I, got some, <laughs> I got some pushback about that. Jason and Kevin say almost the exact same thing. <laughs> so let's hear from those guys, and then we'll get into it. Boys, take it away. Hey, Joe. Kevin calling in from the Red Caps podcast. I'm only a couple minutes into this episode, so maybe you go on a, a different tangent. But I had to call in about this whole backstory rant you have at the top of the episode one i'm younger than you so i'm not some old fogey saying this um but two um the reason i dislike the backstory is because the ones i dislike are ones that are long rambling multi-page backstories that you're expecting a gm to try to modify their world to fit your backstory despise those have no issue with small one or two bullet point uh entries to help you role play your character i think that's fine um, can a level one character kill a dragon? Sure, we've already discussed that before. After they kill that dragon, though, they are no longer level one. That dragon probably had a horde. They probably got lots of gold. They went back to town. They splurged. They're no longer level one. Um, but the bigger problem, what you're running into, uh, I'm going to do a second call. Hey, Joe, pause three minutes into your latest episode, the dragon's dream of cybernetic sleep or something like that. And the problem with killing a dragon in your backstory and being first level is if you kill the dragon, you wouldn't be first level anymore because the experience points you get for killing the dragon and the experience points for all the gold from dragon's hoard that you're going to get are going to make you at least second level, depending on the version of the game, because most, like in AD&D, if you get enough gold to go up multiple levels, or not gold, but you know, experience points to go up multiple levels, you go up one point shy of the next level. So realistically, if they were involved in killing a dragon, they would be one point away from getting third level in experience. So that's why it's not realistic. Boom! Argument shot down. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Those are some good points, boys. Good points, good points. But now, let me just tell you a story using some OSR logic to prove my point and to prove that you can have a first-level character who killed the dragon in their backstory, and it makes perfect sense. <sighs> this is a nice place you got here. Yeah, just one ale. Those coppers are the last I have. Hopefully it's enough. Yeah, I'm just in town looking for a new, a new crew. Yeah, you'll never believe this. <laughs> So not that long ago, me 
and some other like-minded fellows fresh off the farm decided we were going to do it. We were going to be the ones they wrote stories about. So we gathered some gear from our fathers and we set out, bumbling and stumbling through the forest, over the hills, up a craggy, craggy slope until we came across a cave. Not a huge cave, but not a small cave. And it smelled of fire and brimstone. But we mustered up our courage and we very sneakily went inside. Luckily, the foolish dragon was asleep. It wasn't a huge dragon, but it wasn't a tiny dragon. Yeah, no, no, not all dragons are huge. Obviously, they need to start somewhere. They're not born huge, they grow. This one wasn't all that big, but it did have a horde. And we started smiting that dragon with our spears and our bows. And we got in many, many blows before it woke up. But it did. It finally did wake up. And it was terrible. And in its wrath and foolishness, it failed to take to the skies where it would easily kill all of us. Instead, it killed all of us except for me. But with my best friend's dying breath... He slew the dragon. I didn't do a whole lot. I mostly hung back. And for that, I am sorry, but I am alive. And while this wasn't a giant dragon, it did have a hoard, a treasure hoard, larger than any one man could ever spend in a lifetime and larger than any one man could ever carry. So I loaded up my backpack and some pouches and some sacks with golden coins and silver scepters and sparkling jewels. And I set off back to civilization. I was going to be the greatest fighter in all the land. I was going to get trained. I was going to buy new armor, better weapons, start a domain. It was going to be amazing but I could barely move with all that weight. The horses and ponies we had brought with us and left outside had been slain by I don't know what. I wasn't sure. So I was on foot and leagues and leagues away from any sort of civilization. So I set off into the dark, into the wilderness. And to set, to make a long story short, eventually... I was hunted and hounded and chased by these foul green little monsters with teeth like daggers and daggers in their hands that were like daggers and they shot their filthy arrows at me and I had to run but there was a river I had to cross the river and in doing so I nearly drowned so I had to cut all my treasure loose. (sighs) I managed to make it back here. The treasure was swept away, but I made it back with nothing to show for it. Pardon my terrible, terrible acting skills, but there you have a perfect explanation on how a character could have an event in his background that involved killing a dragon. He doesn't have any treasure. He lost all his treasure. He never got trained. He never took treasure back to town. He didn't do anything. He was just in the background you know it also works if 
your character used to be somebody's henchman or torchbearer. And yeah, I was a torchbearer for this group and we totally killed this dragon. And now I've decided I'm going to go out and adventure on my own. That also makes perfect sense in the OSR mindset. Um, so yeah, it does make sense. But if you don't want to take my word for it, here's another awesome, awesome example of how it could work. So Carl, take it away, dude. Hey, Joe. Another thing that is kind of interesting about the first level character and their backstory is, hey, in those older versions of D&D, there's level drain. So, man, you could have had this wonderful career and then you ran into a a tomb of whites or wraiths or a vampire and now you're back down to first level and somehow you survived by the skin of your teeth and that's your backstory. Yeah, me and the crew, we went into Ravenloft and fought the big vampire and I got hit a couple times and then I ran. And uh, yeah, so now I'm, I ran from wolves because I'm afraid now because I'm only first level. And now I'm here in this tavern looking for a new crew to go back in. That's my backstory. And that is a perfectly valid and rational backstory to have for a first level character who has a bunch of awesome stuff in their background. It makes sense. It fits in with the world. It fits in with the rules. So yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for adding in another wrinkle. Uh, it's fun when multiple minds come together on a project, even though we came at that independently. Uh, but we'll, we'll get more into that later, but you got, you got more to say about backstories. Hey Joe, another thing about the backstory, I, I think it's ironic and maybe, maybe it's just a, for D and D and that's where you get the, cause you have this idea of, Oh, the story is going to emerge as you go. But I have not met a person so far that doesn't like a life path type system. Even so let's say you want to start a traveler game. Even if you never get dice to the table, people always want to do the career backstory system. Any Modiphius 2D20 game has a live pass system. Cyberpunk has a cool live pass system. And people are always intrigued by this because it creates the backstory for them. So I guess because you roll dice, that's that's emergent as opposed to writing it down on a piece of paper ahead of time. I don't know. What's the difference? I don't see one. And people like the dice rolling E1 with the life path, but um, not the other, which is curious. Anyway, um, yeah, that's my comment. It is curious indeed, Carl. Curious indeed, because, yeah, man, the life path stuff is awesome. I've never played Traveler or any of the Modiphius 2D20 games, but I love Cyberpunk, as we all know, and the life path system in Cyberpunk rules it's so cool it's so much fun it's so evocative and immersive it helps you get into the world it helps you build the world uh thus making the world better as a whole so thank you for also bringing that stuff up man uh yeah it's not just me <laughs> it's nice to know it's not just me but Kevin, Kevin's back. He's got more to say. He's poo-pooing on backstories. He's actually not. He's just explaining why people push back against it. So, Kevin, what you got, man? 
second call here. The the bigger reason why there's pushback against it from players, or sorry, from, from the older generation of players, as you try to put it, or people who prefer that style of game, is that that style of game, the main character in an OSR game, in my opinion, is not the player or the character that player is playing. The main character is the world. And all the other characters, whether they be NPCs or player-controlled ones, are impacting that world. And at the end of the game or end of the campaign, we look back and see how the world changed from the start to the end. You don't get to start the game before you ever rolled a dice and said that you went and killed off a dragon and that you're this amazing hero that's come in. No, that's not how it works. The idea is supposed to be that you start and you go out and you try to modify the world from humble beginnings, is generally how most people want to play it. That's what people push back against. They don't want people coming in as already established heroes, so to speak. Part three. Now, it is totally possible to have a game where people came in as previous heroes. You know, you're starting at a higher level or something along those lines. Then it makes sense to have a backstory of what adventuring those people had done. But if they're starting off as a level one, just coming out of, you know, barely above the skill level of a farmer or the barkeep, um, and going out on adventures and, and doing basically, I mean, most dungeon crawls is essentially tomb robbing. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's what it, that's what it started off as. Um, no, nobody wants to have that one guy goes, well, I'm a special, special, special character and I did this, this, this. No, it, it just, it doesn't fit with the rest of the vibe. That's why there's pushback against it. Can you have a game with it? Yes. If everybody's on board for the same thing. If the GM says, no, my world says you started as a humble beginning and you're going that way. That's what the pushback is. I think you know that, though. But anyhow, I'm going to go back and finish listening to the rest of the episode. I hear that, Kevin. I do. I, I hear it. But I, my response to that would be that the world isn't sitting at the table with you. Your friends are sitting at the table with you. And I, I just don't see why you would want to cut your friends out of the creative process of coming up with the world. It honestly makes the world better if you have more people chipping into it it's they're they're adding spice they're adding flavor they have different ideas than you and that's why this is a collaborative game <laughs> we, we're all playing the game together we should all work together to build the game world we all want to see i i, I just don't i mean i i understand it from a from a logical point of view i i understand your reasonings and the reasonings that persist i don't understand the why behind those reasonings why would you want to cut your friends out of that why would you say your stuff isn't good enough your stuff isn't good enough for my world what i have planned is better and more important than what you have to say. I don't care what you have to say till the game starts, till we roll the first dice. I, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> but again, this all comes down to personal preference. Uh, I mean, this is why you get to do what you want to do at your table, you know? And that's, that's cool. I just, I, I think it's a detriment to not have your friends, the people that you're going to play with, contribute to the world building process i think it's a detriment i think you're cutting off your nose to spite your face i i i feel like it's sticking to some weird ideal based on the way people pretend the game was played back then you know the game was played in all kinds of different ways back then there wasn't played the same way every time 
So, yeah, you know, I, I <laughs> it's nothing personal, man. It's just I, 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 I just wouldn't do that, right? That's just me. I don't need that much control in my world. I don't want that much control in my world when I'm building a world. I like my friends a lot, and they are creative and fun. So I like to hear what they have to say about the world. And as Carl and I just demonstrated, it makes perfect sense for a character in an OSR game to have a crazy backstory but still be first level. So it doesn't even break verisimilitude. It fits perfectly in, man. Ah, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. But there it is. Anyway, you have one more thing to say on a totally different subject, so let's get to that right now. Kevin, take it away again. Oh, one more thing. Completely separate to the episode. You don't need to play this this call in if you don't want to. I don't care. Um, But if you have not listened to Daniel's... um, Daniel Norton's uh, episode where he's talking about this blog post and uh, the blogger shrunk uh, Pathfinder's Kingmaker down to uh, just like a, a very short hex crawl adventure. Uh, you should give that a listen and check out the uh, the blog that he links to and sh- tell him what you think. I've not played Kingmaker other than the video game version, um, but I know you've probably got experience with Kingmaker being a big Pathfinder uh, nut, so... Yeah, uh, listen to that and let Daniel know what you think of the difference between what the blog did and, and your experience with that adventure path. But um, just thought of it here as I was listening to your episode and I was like, oh, well, yeah, maybe I should pass that over to him. Anyway, have a good night. Yeah, dude, I totally did listen to that episode of Bandit's Keep and it was awesome. It was the episode that came out a couple days ago. Um... I can't remember the name of it, but I I will put a link to it in the show notes because I can't remember the name of the particular episode. But Daniel's talking about uh, a blog post where this dude, whose name I can't remember, takes adventures. He's done it a bunch with a bunch of different Pathfinder modules that go, you know, they're six books long. And this guy takes these massive, massive six book hundred and hundreds of pages long adventure path and condenses it down into these two three page hex map exploration adventures and it sounds super super cool i called into daniel to let him know but yeah i think it sounds absolutely amazing i definitely want to check it out he's done one for the carrion crown and i really really want to check that out because i love that adventure as i've talked about ad nauseum Uh, But there's a huge stopping block (laughs) in the uh, at the end of the second adventure, second book. So we never got past that. But having it condensed down like that sounds amazing. Uh, Yeah. So thank you for reminding me of that, Kevin. And everybody check that episode out of Bandit's Keep if you haven't already, which you probably already have. And again, I will include the links in the show notes. Um But speaking of calling in, I have one last message from BJ because in an earlier episode, and this goes to Kevin too. Maybe, Kevin, this is how you're doing it as well. But I I talked about how I was jealous of Kevin and BJ because I was getting messages from them still on the Anchor app. And I, you know, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could still send messages over the app. And I was super jealous. So BJ's calling in to explain what's going on and letting me know I don't have to be that jealous. 
<laughs> so thanks for those calls, Kevin. That was awesome, man. Uh, BJ, take it away, dude. Hey, Joe, it's BJ. I want to let you know there's nothing magic about my Anchor app. Um, I'm leaving these messages just through the Anchor website, and I have to, have to log in as an Anchor user. Uh, and then I can just tap the message on the the message button on your your webpage for the for the site at anchor.fm and leave a voicemail message. Um, so you know it works from my smartphone just like it did on the app, uh, just with the added process of having to make sure I'm logged in through the web browser in order to uh, to leave the message. So that's how I'm doing it. My my app is just as fried as everybody else's. <laughs> Talk to you later. That's fine, BJ. Ruin the magic, man. <laughs> no, that's cool. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I will say, though, it's very nice when I'm putting these episodes together and I got my phone under the magnifier and I'm putting the episode. It's nice seeing the little light blue circle or light green circles from messages that I got off of Anchor as opposed to like the, the blue messages that are downloads there's probably some other ones too, but I like seeing the little light green ones because it, it it reminds me of the good old times, man. <clears throat> it reminds me of the good old times. And here's another problem that just cropped up. Uh, Jules, Jules from NZ, was just taught. We were just talking, and she was talking about how not a lot of people have called in for the last pony votes, and it's because it's harder now. Right? Like, that last episode, which granted came out a while ago now, but that was, you know, in the midst of the anchor apocalypse and stuff, and everyone was getting their shit figured out. So I hadn't called in. I only She had only gotten one call in, uh, which I have since rectified. I definitely called in my pony vote. So if you've been playing ponies and you haven't gotten a message to Jules, do it, because we're almost at the end. There's only probably... This might be the last choice we make. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't think there's very many left. So if you haven't called into Jules' show, Jules from NZ, if you're on her Glitter Discord, you could send it to her there. You could send her a private message on Discord. She probably has other ways to get a hold of her that I don't know about. Um, she's on Twitter. But no, I don't. Not many of you are on Twitter, which is probably for the best. <laughs> Anyway, BJ, thank you for that call. It's always nice getting messages through the app. So however you do it, through the website or through Magic, I like getting them. All right, folks, let me get out of here. Well, that's a wrap on my 400th episode. That's fucking nuts. 400, man. Wow. Yeah, that's just crazy. I thought Wheeler Woe had a lot of episodes, and we stopped at 157, and I was like, dude, that's a ton. And I'm at 400. Granted, these are infinitely easier to put together than a Wheeler Woe <laughs> episode. The amount of time... It's it's several orders of magnitude less time to put a hindsightless episode together than a Wheeler Woe episode together. But, yeah, you know, 
if it wasn't for Wheeler Woe, there wouldn't be hindsight lists. I yeah, I still think back to how I got I started by calling into people's shows. That's how I first started doing it. Like so many of us out there, that's how several of us I've heard got started by sending in messages, and then we were just like, "Bucket, I'm starting my own show," <laughs> and there it was. Oh, man. I should... Maybe I'll do that for my 500th episode. Go back and find a, like a bunch of early messages from folks. Yeah, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, aren't on the mics anymore. Which is a shame, because there are a lot of awesome people. But I get it. Life happens, and you find other hobbies and stuff, and you're busy. The fact that I have a lot of time, <laughs> time on my hands, uh, <clears throat> allows me to allows me to podcast as much as I do. Four hundred. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, man, that's something. People could listen to this. Who knows how long these will be on the air? I don't know. What what are we gonna do when Anchor is like ah? When Spotify closes Anchor altogether, then what? That's gonna be that's the real apocalypse, right? That's the real one. It won't. I'll just have to figure out how to teleport all my that's the right word it's teleport all my episodes onto another server i guess i don't know i'm not even trying to think about that right now i'm just thinking about 400 and that's pretty cool you know like in baseball if you're batting 400 you're kicking ass everybody's super impressed if you're batting 400 <sighs> baseball man Game one of the Mariners was a bummer. Like the most heartbreaking kind of loss you can imagine. God, oh, it sucked. <laughs> but that's alright. There's always the next game. Um, but yeah, I think I'll get out of here now. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for putting up with me for 400 episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for sticking around and sending all the messages and arguing with me and being my friends and just being cool, man. Like, y'all are just really, really cool. And I appreciate, I appreciate you. I really do. And I thank you so much for listening to all of this nonsense. <laughs> But it comes from the heart, at least, right? It comes from the heart. I'm not out here trying to shill anything. I'm just, I'm just speaking my truth, right? And that's what, that's what it's all about, I guess. What the, what do I know? What do I know about what it's all about? Not a whole hell of a lot, but I do know that you all are amazing, and I love you all. And until next time, folks. Until 401. Take care of yourselves. Take care of other people, too. That's important. There's a lot of 
self-centeredness in the world today. Everyone's caring about themselves first. And that's important. You gotta care about yourselves, but you should care about other people as much. Anyway, peace out.